comes from the book of 1 John chapter 2 verses 18 to 27. 1 John chapter 2 verses 18 to 27. It reads, Dear children, this is the last hour. As you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they do not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father. This is what he promised us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those, I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Some of the words... Um, even biblical words tend to adopt a whole new meaning with time or circumstances around us. One which uh, are not necessarily were the intention of the Bible. When you speak to someone about the word Antichrist, you immediately associate it with conspiracy theories. The end of the world. The Hitlers of this world. The most evil, vile persons. Tend to make this Antichrist the, uh, the, the, the enemy of the church, the supervillain. The one who seeks to immerse power for themselves and oppress others. It is the also associated with politics. 
someone whom you disagree with, who's against your own party, Christians would call that person the Antichrist. They will seek to find signs around their, uh, their lives. The shapes, perhaps the tie that he wears makes and interpret this to mean something religious, something uh, nefarious, something terrible. However, when the Bible speaks about the Antichrist, it is speaking about those who would seek to lead people astray. Those who are removing people away from Christ and, and from God by teaching them to trust in something that is frankly not true. When the Bible speaks about the Antichrist, it speaks about them as people who are within the church, who exist to siphon people out, to remove them, and to turn them against God towards perhaps their own uh, organization, therefore turning them away from God towards something temporary, something that may look plausible in that time, but is not, in fact, true. When the Bible speaks about the Antichrist, it is speaking about those who are against that which God has revealed in his word, that which is true, that which is trustworthy. When the Bible speaks about Antichrist, therefore, it's not speaking about some politician out there with some master plan to, uh, to bring about the end of the world. It is speaking about people who may even be within the church, who may be teachers within the church, but whose agenda does not align with that of God. The instruction to you in light of this is very clear if you look at, uh, uh, at our passage this morning. Verses 24, and it is repeated again in verses 27. Verses 24, it says, is for you. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. See that, make sure that that which you have heard from the beginning, let that remain in you. Again, the last words of the passage we read this morning. It's encouraging you who has the anointing to um, verses 27. But as but as his anointing teaches you about all things, as that anointing is real and not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, what's the instruction in verse 27? Remain in him. Remain in him. The teaching that you have heard, let that remain in you. You who has been taught by God, Remain in God. 
because the uh, the Christian life is a, a a life of struggle, and the struggle that we find ourselves in the in in verses eighteen to nineteen is that of unbelief. The first thing is that the struggle that we find ourselves is the struggle against unbelief. The kids may go now, because Antikyo has just arrived. The struggle that we find ourselves is the struggle of unbelief. Verses 18 to 19, it reads, Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained among us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. So John here speaks about this group of people that he calls the Antichrist. And it appears that this group of people that he calls the Antichrist were members of the church. We were part and parcel of the community of God at some point. But now they have started to leave that community. They have started to pull away. They have started to disbelieve the truth which they have heard from the, from the beginning. And John says there that these people who are starting to leave, even though they were part of us, they were not really part of us. They were sort of pretending Christians. Those who went along with the crowd, in their living, their failure to persevere in faith, their failure to hold on, to stand firm in truth, shows that they do not really belong to us. As life has happened, something like the, uh, the purification of metal has happened. All that which does not belong, they started to be sifted away, to be cut off. And what is left is that which is genuine and true. John tells us that in this last hour, you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and many have come. When he refers to the last hour, John, there is referring to the uh, sort of the last days, and other writers of the New Testament would put it, that if if uh, if life was like a day, we are now in the sort of the last hour of the day. The middle of that would be the coming of the Son into the world, his death and his resurrection. But now we are coming to a time where the, the day is coming to an end. Judgment is coming. We are closer to, to the judgment of God than we were at the beginning. And he tells the readers that this Antichrist 
have come. They already know them. You have heard, verses 18, he told them about these people. But who are these people? Um, who are they? If they are not politicians, they are not these, uh, these boogeymen, as it were. They are not these scary uh, people. Who are they? If you look down in 1 John chapter 2 to verse 22, John tells us exactly who these people are. He says, who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist. He says, these people, they are denying that Jesus is the Christ. The name Christ is not Jesus' surname, as I'm sure you've heard. But it is what Jesus has come to do. It means Savior, Messiah, King. So these people are coming in and are saying that this Jesus is not the Savior that was promised. He is not the one chosen by God to come and rescue us from sin. These are the false Christs that Jesus spoke about in Matthew 24, verses 24. Where do they come from? They come from inside the church. They are the ones, they come from inside the community of believers, undermining the message of Christ by saying that this Jesus whom you guys follow, is not, the belie- is not to be believed, is not the promised one. These are people who do not really belong to the, te- to the church, but they've come to sow division, destruction, to destroy. These are the agents of the evil one. Because his chaos... His destruction is most effective where there is order, isn't it? Where there is, where God is restoring the world, particularly within the church. The church. So what you're seeing here is that people who are in the church but are not really part of the church. And secondly. We're saying that they do not only belong because of what this, of how they are, uh, of who they are, but they do not belong because of what they teach as well. They are teaching lies instead of truth. Verses twenty-four, uh, verses twenty to twenty-three. These people, the Antichrist, do not belong because of what they teach. Let's look at this. It's 20 to 23. But you have the anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth. But because you know it. And because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. 
such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. John now turns his attention to those that have remained within the church. They are the ones who have the anointing, who have the truth. Normally when you speak about the anointing, it's normally associated with Jesus Christ. Remember, John the Baptist anointed Jesus when he baptized him. Remember in the Old Testament, it was kings who are anointed by prophets to exercise this role as king. But in this instance, this anointing, we are told in, uh, in verses 20, it is an anointing from the Holy One. The Holy One is usually a, a, a synonym for the Holy Spirit. So this is the anointing, the choosing, the selection from the Spirit of God. And, and, and who has the Spirit? All those who believe in, in Christ as the Savior. When Christ, before he left this world, he says, I'm going to send the Spirit to you. And he is going to lead you to all truth. And we saw at Pentecost, the Spirit descended upon the disciples. They began to speak in different languages. So this Spirit, who comes and descends on believers, who trust in God as their Lord and Savior, is a Spirit of truth. That is why John is saying, I do not write to you because you do not know the truth. I write to you because you know it. Because no lie comes from the truth. By having the Spirit in you, John is saying here, you know what is true. By being endowed with the Spirit of God, he in his promptings, teaches you what is true and what is untrue. The Antichrist, on the other hand, do not have this spirit, and the truth is not in them. So therefore, John calls them the liars, those who come to destroy, not to build. But you Believers, you have the truth. You have the truth in you. And what we're seeing about the, 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 this Antichrist as well, they have come and their main problem that they have is with Jesus Christ. Which is why John says, no one who denies the Son has the Father. We have a problem with Christ which may indicate that these people are, are, are people who are familiar with sort of uh, Jewish uh, religion. They are perhaps accepting of God who created the world and who rules 
over it. But are not accepting of the fact that how you have a relationship with God is through his son, Jesus Christ, who died at the cross. These are like people, to use an illustration, who accept that there is a, a place where there is no suffering, pain, load shedding, somewhere. But they are denying people access to the gate to get there. By denying the sun, there's no eternal life. There's no way to have a relationship with God. There's no way to be forgiven of your sins. So all they have to do, therefore, is to target Jesus and say he can't be whom he claimed to be. He can't be the Savior. He can't be the Messiah. You may believe in God and the Holy Spirit if you want, but this Jesus stuff, stay away from that. But in doing that, John shows here that they are destroying faith because no one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So if someone comes to you and undermines Jesus, they are undermining the means of salvation. They may have a high regard for God. They may call God by another name. But if they think little of Jesus, if they think he is not whom he claims to be, he is just another prophet, as other religions have shown. Or he's just like an angel, perhaps. And not the Messiah. That destroys faith. It is like removing one uh, small thing from a car. Say, okay, I'm just going to remove all the bolts from the wheels. You can continue to drive if you want. You may have the car, but that car, as wheels begin to come off, will go nowhere. We go nowhere without Christ. There's no father without Christ. There's no eternal life without Christ. So therefore, anyone who comes to us and undermines Jesus we need to be careful and turn away from that person. And John applies these verses in verses 24 to 27. And the message is very clear to Christians, to you and I, that you are called to remain in him. Remain in Christ. Verses 24. As for you, See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. That which you've heard from the beginning, we've, we've been told right in chapter 1, the gospel about Jesus Christ, the word who has come into the world. 
John is saying, don't lose that. Stick to that. Let that be your guide, your mantra. Let that be foundational. A loss of that is a loss of eternal life. He continues in verse 24 that if he does, that 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 which you've heard remains in you. If it remains in you, you will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he has promised us. Eternal life. Without remaining in him, no son, no father, no eternal life. And again in verse 26 he says, I am writing these things to, to you about those who are trying to deceive you, to lead you astray. In other words, you remain in him by not being led astray, by not being deceived away from Christ, by not listening to those who are saying that Jesus is not really the Messiah. He is not the one. By not remaining in him. This comes in very uh, sort of muted and very obvious ways in our world. It comes in obvious way, ways, for instance, like the, um, the Jehovah's Witnesses who would come and say and undermine the Son and have a, a, a weird interpretation about the eternity of Jesus, about his role in the Trinity. It comes in explicit ways, for instance, through Islam, in calling Jesus just another, a great prophet even the greatest of the prophets, but not necessarily God, not the means to eternal life. Slight tweak. So you don't have to, you can believe the Old Testament, you can even believe what Jesus says. Just remember who he is. He's just another prophet, just another angel. But it also comes in a very muted way, a non-explicit way, in a less obvious way. By saying, yes, you can believe in God and in Jesus, but you, can also, you should also believe in this, in this way. The kind of Jesus plus movements. That he, that. Believing in Christ for the forgiveness of, sin, of your sins, that's not enough. How about this water? How about this oil, perhaps? How about this uh, investing in this that you may receive a blessing? How about uh, wearing set these clothes to distinguish yourself from the world? people who are chipping away at confidence in Christ and are replacing them with all of these things supposedly put there to help you to have a relationship with God. The encouragement from John in light of that 
Believe that which you have heard from the beginning. Remain in him. Do not be led astray. Remain in Christ. If someone comes and says you need Christ plus this, choose Christ. If someone comes and says Christ is not whom he claimed to be, Choose Christ. Remain in Him. Trust in Him. And not in the wisdom of others. Let us pray and ask God to help us um, in this. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us as believers to remain in Christ. In a world where there are so many distractions away from Christ, in a world with so many solutions about bettering our lives, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to remain in Christ. In a world where it seems foolish to trust in the Messiah, who died and rose again. Help us, Lord, to, rem- to continue to trust the gospel that we have heard. To trust the message that we have heard from the beginning and to not be moved from it. We pray and ask all of this. In Jesus' name. Amen. We are-